is Aaron DeShazo from Olive Branch, Mississippi, and you're listening to my favorite podcast, The OB Pod. Evening, Cash. Evening, Zach. How you doing, brother? Oh, man, I'm enjoying the best day ever, you know, getting to do a little bit of podcasting. Hey, there's nothing better than that. Uh, how was your week? It was pretty solid. I, I can tell you I am fed up with having the heat on in the morning and then the AC on my drive home. That's welcome to Mississippi. Like I tell people all the time, I said, if you don't like the weather, wait 10 minutes. Yeah, or I, I just don't like either one of them. You give me a medium. <laughs> I, I go from sweating to sweating for a completely different reason. Yes, and plus when you're a heavier set fellows like us, yeah. you know. It's like we can't just wear long sleeve or anything. <laughs> like That's not an option. No, 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 not at all. Well, I can tell you this. Uh, my week was uh, short in the way I like it. You know, we had a... Easter holiday, which today is Good Friday. We are recording on a Friday to try to get this episode out a little bit early. Happy Good Friday to everybody. But uh, yeah, I spent the entire week just looking forward to today, you know, and to the holiday. So was it worth it? Did you get a lot done? Uh, kind of so. You know, it was good. I mean, like anytime it's a short week at school, that's everybody fair. has everybody has everybody the same feeling. Yeah, everybody's like, yes, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> you know, Thursday becomes Friday. You know how it goes. But Cash, I'm just kind of excited. We have a new sponsor, and what a sponsor it is! Well, and it almost feels like we're a part of the team. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that, guys. Our new sponsor is Team Couch of Birch Realty. This is the juggernaut of realty groups in this area. And you aren't kidding because this, by juggernaut, we mean experience. They have over 64 years of combined experience amongst them with over 25,000 closings since just 2009. You know, Cash, you can talk stats all day, you know, but people want to know they're going to deal with somebody who's personable, who's relatable, who is a local. And I can tell you this right now, Brian and Couch and I grew up in Hernando together. Oh, now, wow. He's a hair older than I am, but I tell you this, his mother was my high school math teacher, known the family for a long time. I've personally done business with the man. He helped me to buy the land that my house is on currently right now. It was a fantastic deal. It was an easy transaction. He made things smooth as silk couldn't recommend anyone higher than what brian couch did for me in this in this deal and so i can tell you from personal experience and as so many people that i know around that have used him and team couch this is the guy to use when it comes to real estate buy sell anything property house commercial they're the ones you want to talk to and you just need to go check them out because I believe right now they're giving away what is a free market analysis? That's exactly what they're giving away, which they're going to tell you not only what your house is worth along with your land, but everything around you. So you know exactly what your neighbors are getting, which is always important in these times. What's better than getting something that's for free? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Guess what you lose? A market analysis. If you don't go with them, go check them out at teamcouch.com. Or you can give them a call at 662-449-1770. So let's get to our announcements. Guys, the first one we talked about last week was the proposed property that was going to happen over there by Lewisburg High School. That's what the corner of Bahalia and Kraft. Um, and boy, did this news happen fast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it did. And man, we got a lot of feedback on it. I was pretty impressed. We talked about, like, like I said last week, there was a zoning hearing that was yesterday. Um, and this was the Planning Commission met, and this was about the proposed 53-acre property being converted to commercial uh, for a PUD, or you know, or which is slang for planned urban development. That is such a terrible <laughs> slang acronym. Don't, don't get me started. But anyway, and if you and we also put it on our Facebook page, uh, the picture of the proposed um, site showed you a mini storage, 80 plus lots, and retail area. So correct me if I'm wrong, but the picture we posted is what they gave, right? That is correct. That is the proposed. Now, we did a little bit of math talking about <laughs> how this was all going to work out with quarter acres. 
and it looks a lot different than the picture they gave us. Yes, we heard uh, from a few people that went to the meeting, uh, as well as some things we've heard through news and uh, friends in the area, uh, that the original proposal was talking about quarter acre lots with somewhere around the potential of 2,000 to 2,200 square foot house minimums. And as a person who's built a home before and knows a little bit about this, 2,200 square feet on a quarter acre basically is almost the equivalent of a patio home. I yeah. mean, you're talking about seven to 10 feet of difference, you know, depending on how the house is designed or if they're building straight up. I'm very curious if these numbers are accurate. When you, like you just said, when we looked at the picture and you do some math and some measurements based on scale, you know, you hope they're talking about it closer to a third of an acre. I just don't see it. So that's going to be very interesting when this actually does get finally wrapped up. What I do want to tell you, though, is, is that we have heard this has passed. It did pass the planning commission part, but this is not over. So if you are upset about it, uh, you still feel like this is terrible and wanted something changed, it's not over. There is always a, an appeal process. There's always a due process, however you want to call it. I mean, that's something that you've been through yourself, right? It has, exactly. And this is another example of personal experience. I live close to Bahia Road. Okay, so I mean, I know this area. I'm from that area. Okay, I grew up right down the street from where this is. What I can tell you is, is that right around the corner from where I'm at, they proposed a zoning for a gas station to be built there. Well, of course, I did not want a gas station that close. That was my personal opinion. Well, the, I went around to the community around me, and I asked my neighbors the same thing, and none of them wanted it either. We went to the planning commission. The planning commission thought differently and passed the gas station approval. Well, we have filed an appeal so that when we got to, we got to go sit in front of your county supervisors. These are your elected officials. And we put our case in front of them and told them why we opposed it, the reasons we want it, and they listened. And through a mixed vote, they agreed with the residents and they decided to overturn the Planning Commission's approval and the gas station was not built. Now, given that was not the end of it, the gas station company that was going to build also had the right to appeal to try to go again. Okay, you can refile every year. So by the second time it happened, we won again. And today there is no gas station there. So it's a victory for our little community here. So I'm telling you there, if you live in Lewisburg and you still are firm that this is not something you want, you want to keep it your way, whatever it is, and there's a group of people, then there is your elected official. That's what their job is. Okay. I'm trying to tell you. So if you, if you don't know for sure, we have not heard someone can file an appeal or you can handle it yourself and let those officials know and let them do their job. Now, speaking of jobs, one of our other great sponsors is Hatcher Landscape. And guys, like we tell y'all every week, this is a phenomenal company to work for. And right now they are seeking multiple positions. This is their season. This is it. And spring has hit. I cut my grass today. So that means they've been cutting grass for a couple <laughs> weeks. I know how that works. And they are looking for a lot of quality people. I have some big time positions. I know they're looking for account managers, project managers, estimators, foreman, irrigation tech, a mechanic, you name it. They even have crew members. If you need Need a job change or you're looking for a good job one that has benefits that has great insurance stock options yes somebody that believes in you again they're not just hiring you necessarily for a job they're hiring you for a career they want to hire for life 
and that speaks the world of this company. Absolutely. Guys, jot this phone number down right now. 662-755-3207. And ask for Gabby. And tell Gabby OB Pod sent you because you heard there was great jobs available. She will take care of you. She'll fast track you right through the system, get you in there for interview, whatever it takes. If you're looking for a good job and you want to work hard, this is the place to be. And if you're not sure about things and you want to check out the company, head on over to their website, hatcherlandscape.com. Absolutely. The next thing up on our docket is an annexation update. We were able to talk to mayor candidate Ken Adams, who attended some of the trial, and he contacted us, letting us know that the trial has concluded as of late Thursday evening. This was an eight-day trial, and Judge Lynchard has said he will render his decision within the next 14 days. You know, Cash, I got to tell you, the reason this took so long is it, and it even took long last night was, I think it lasted almost around 8 o'clock last night, Yesterday was the day that any resident in the affected area, as my understanding, could come up and speak their piece to the judge if they were against four or whatever when it comes to this annexation. And it went that late yesterday. Whew. So that's, uh, that says a lot. And I know they had a ton of folks come out and give testimony. Uh, everybody had to do their part. Uh, judge Lynchard's got a big decision ahead of him. Uh, it's very curious to see how it's going to go. Um, but I'm, if you want to put a prediction out there, I'm going to have to tell you, I mean, under state law, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid that this annexation is probably going to be either be a complete go or a majority go. I mean, and I think a high majority, but I don't think this is going to end up under 40. Everything I'm hearing, you is know, is full majority. Yeah. It's leaning full towards majority. it. Yeah. Complete. And I know that's going to be, that's going to be tough for a lot of residents because there's a lot of, there's a big outpour against this. You just don't know how much of an outpour matters when it comes to how state law works. And so that's the deal. That's, this is where a situation where a vote would make the difference. This is where a vote by the people could legitimately really define what is supposed to happen right here. And unfortunately, that's just not in our laws right now. And uh, maybe it'll be changed on the road. That's all you can hope for is that if there was that many people, which we know there were that many people out there making appeals. Now, some were for it, as they should be. Everyone has their own right. You just hope that you can make a change into a vote because these people moved out there for a reason. And they should be able to have the right to make that decision. Agreed. 100%. Guys, the next thing we want to talk about is the Bahia Pipeline. A crazy story here. Our very first episode, our local hero was Rhonda Wright. Uh, I don't know if y'all remember that. It's one of our best episodes. She has got so much praise. She was uh, a Jeep owner who helped the people during the ice storm. Or the ice storm or snow apocalypse, as we <laughs> called it, uh, you know, a couple months back. But anyway, believe it or not, her mother owns a home and land that is directly in the Bahia Pipeline. You've got to be kidding me. In the Southwest Memphis area. And she was on CBS Morning News the other day uh, talking to them about environmental racism and all the travesties that are going on that's going on in Memphis that are trying to run these people out of their homes. And so Rhonda let us know that um, there's been some investigations going on, some undercover investigations, and a lot of things have surfaced that are very, very sketchy. I mean, like, she reported to me that there are some strong allegations and potential blowback as that they have uncovered payoffs to the NAACP, Hmm. the MLGW. Not surprising. As well as the city has got involved to make this happen by trying to run residents out of their home by putting on false liens or taxes or fines on residences when it comes to property maintenance. Example, Rhonda told me that she knows that at least one or two people have been given 
uh, fines from the city for anywhere between one to $3,000 for what they call a weed tax because they say they have had to cut their property, the yard, the yep. grass, like that, and that they're charging these fines knowing this is an older community that doesn't have a lot of money. Well, I mean, like who has 1000 to $3,000 laying around for a tax on cutting the grass. Nobody. No. There's it, no way you can budget it, for that. It, it is absolutely asinine. And so to hear all this going on, that they're trying to do everything they can to make life miserable for these folks, to get them out of their homes, which they've owned forever. It, it's just, it's appalling. It's absolutely appalling. And, um, you know, I know it's a lot yeah. of allegations, you know, you know, whether this actually comes to truth or fruition, whatever, all we can do is hope this comes to an end and has a peaceful resolution. And that whatever it is, is that if the pipeline comes through, that lets us know. But if they're able to stop it, that also affects us. And it's a good thing to know. Well, I mean, we're really hoping that they are able to stop it because that's the best case scenario for us. We keep some of the best water. We have less chance of cancer and everything else that's going to be running with an oil pipeline. But this is going to affect Olive Branch with new annexations and how this runs 53 miles long. Yes, absolutely. The next thing we have up is Tunica Hospitality and Entertainment LLC and Summit Smith Development are going to be putting $140 million into the redevelopment of the Harrah's area. Yeah, this is huge news, man. I, I read this other day and you and I were talking off air. This is unbelievable. I, I, only thing I care about about this entire thing is I read, because I have two, two kids, 20-acre water park. Oh, so you're just going to go there, drop done. them off, and then go play blackjack, I'm play done. little craps? I'm done. I'm right there. I mean, don't get me wrong. They're talking about a hunting and shooting uh, area. Sports complex. Sports complex. I mean, like... Which, the, are you a skeet shooter? Yes, I love shooting skeet. So maybe you'll be getting in on some of those competitions going on down there? As I said, water park. <laughs> <laughs> so just so we're on the same page. But I mean, yeah, they're going to be revamping that golf course, which was one of the premier golf courses when we originally had it down. Originally, in yes. There's no doubt. Which I like to golf as well. They're going to redo the hotels. There's going to be over a thousand rooms that are redone. Golly. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to have a, over a hundred acre private uh, lake. This is what I envisioned. This is what we all envision because you know, I, for people that don't know, I am only here because of the casinos. We moved from Vegas. My dad was really high up in Sampstown. We came on down here so he could do his job. My mom worked at the casinos for a little bit when we first moved down here. So that's how we got here. And this is what this is how they got us down here, was letting us know a lot of this was going to be happening. And then Tunica just never developed for whatever reason. Well, it just never finished. That's the thing. It had several great casinos here and there, but they never brought the full package to bring in everyone. You know, they tried some shopping centers, they tried the strip malls, and they and they lasted a few months and then they fizzle out because yeah. it didn't attract the right clientele. It didn't bring the right area and stuff. And everything that they planted here, have you ever been to the Tunica Aquatic Center? When it was first built, state-of-the-art facility has gone to pot. Yeah. It's awful. You know, the heat and air doesn't work. The water's uh, different colors. The wall's <laughs> falling apart. There's paint chipping. I mean, like, you can tell they threw up a facility. The water, the money started running dry. The place started falling apart. It's just an example of everything that's happened in Tunica ever since it got started. I'm hoping this project brings all that rejuvenation back. The community's about to rise around it again. And you're going to get a whole different group of clientele because this new $140 million facility, this revitalization like that, it's non gambling no everything there is truly to bring in everyone not just your gambler i mean it's gonna bring in the gambler don't get me wrong and it's going to actually make it worthwhile for big gamblers who have families to actually come here 
it becomes a destination for all instead of just the one gambler. Yes. And that's what's going to be the difference. So I'm pretty excited about this. I've heard the timeline is that they're going to start phase one this summer. And hopefully by maybe 2022, they that's have a large majority of it done. Maybe even if they work fast, they may be done. So we'll see. We'll keep you abreast of the situation as we hear more about it. Next, Take Reeves has decreed another executive order. This is number 1550. He has decided that indoor arenas can now have 75 percent of their capacity and if it's a k-12 through school they can have 50 percent capacity which have you been to an indoor arena recently i have not see i went to the rodeo last week it was a lot of fun but man was it weird seeing just it didn't even feel like half capacity and seeing the civic center in that kind of state it's a little ominous so i can imagine i don't know if i'm okay necessarily with the 75 percent with everything that's still going on and not necessarily everyone being vaccinated but i understand why a lot of the entertainment is pushing for this because there's no way they made money yeah that's that's sad so if this makes you angry and you're ready to get out of town let me give you a great person to work with this is rodman properties this is one of our great advertisers it is ran by a wonderful couple spence and abby rodman they specialize in dealing with people who need to get rid of a house a home, a property quickly that maybe is in disarray or they acquired it through an unfortunate situation, either a divorce, a loss of a family member, whatever the situation is, you just don't want to fool with it. You want to get it off your hands and you want to deal with somebody who's going to give you a fair price, be trustworthy, stick to their guns about what they say they're going to do and still have a professional feel. This is the company you want to work for. I encourage you to check out their website. It is ibydesoto.com. It gives you all the contact information and it shows you examples and testimonials of happy customers. Please go check it out. That is ibydesoto.com. And if you're needing to get rid of some things to make that sale a little bit easier, well, DeSoto County is having a spring cleanup day on Saturday, April the 17th. The Board of Supervisors encourage all citizens to take part in the countywide cleanup day from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. that Saturday, April the 17th. Registered volunteers will receive a cleanup kit. The kits can be picked up Monday, April the 12th all the way through Friday, April the 16th at the DeSoto County Administration Building located at 365 Losher Street in Hernando. We will have the link for the spring cleanup kit registration form in our show notes. This is a great opportunity to get rid of some of your household garbage and other items so you don't have to go to the local dump. Two locations in the Olive Branch area are key. One of them is at Lewisburg Primary, which is 1707 Craft Road, and the other one is at Fairhaven Fire Department, which is at 13701 Center Hill Road. The kind of things you can throw away are furniture, mattresses, lumber, carpet, bricks, limbs, leaves, metal, plastic toys, fencing, rubbish, and general items. This is a great opportunity, so do not miss it. Now, when you get done dumping all your trash, you might want to call one of our newest advertisers, and that is DeSoto Cleaning. DeSoto Cleaning specializes in steam cleaning, especially tile, grout, hardwood, and also carpet. So once I get rid of all my old junk and now I can actually see how dirty everything is, they're going to come in and clean it? That's exactly what Brian and his company does. They do a fantastic job. I've seen his equipment do wonders for different types of floors. When you think it's lost and gone, this guy comes in and it looks like it's new again. So <laughs> so that's why you changed from those yellow bulbs to the nice, now bright to where I can actually see in here? That's right. You, you go from dark room to bright room. <laughs> that is correct. Um, 
Guys, again, I'm serious. Go to his Facebook page. That's DeSoto Cleaning. And he has put videos and testimonials up there where you'll, he literally just holds his phone and he'll show you how he's hitting a floor with his equipment. And you will see the stark difference of what he means when he says he does cleaning. And I mean deep cleaning. They do everything from disaster relief all the way up to where you're rebuilding. This company does a lot of great stuff. Honest, fair, good pricing. Reach out to them today. You need to contact them at 662-710-2698. And if you mention us, OBPod, you get a 15% discount. Also, if you're an educator, first responder, or military, you receive a 20% discount. Guys, our last announcement is one that unfortunately is not the most positive thing, but I do believe it affects our community, and you should know, as I did not see it in the news. I haven't heard anything about it. And it's unfortunate because it's it's four young men are involved. Um there was a murder in Olive Branch over spring break, and there are four 18-year-olds' lives that have been turned upside down from this. Sadly, one was murdered, and the other three are charged with his murder. Carl Jake Meadows, which I believe he ran by Jake Meadows, was murdered in Olive Branch on the evening of March 17th from a single gunshot wound to his head and apparent robbery homicide. Witnesses say that two or three men drove up to Jake's vehicle, got in, and within a minute, a gunshot was heard. The men fled the scene, and their vehicle description was given to investigators. Within a few days, Olive Branch Police Department had made arrest and charged Christian Davis, Seldron Buck, and Christian Johnson of Olive Branch. All three have bonds over $1 million for capital murder. This is truly a sad thing to hear about in our community. Now, guys, this wraps up our announcements, and we have a terrific show ahead. We have our first teacher spotlight story, as well as our first true crime story. Pretty excited for y'all to hear, and after, we have a little movie review and some sports. I hope y'all enjoy. Do you think you're paying too much for insurance, or you're tired of not actually getting an agent when you call? I think it might be time to switch to the home team at Farm Bureau Insurance. Josh McIntyre is our local agent and supports our schools, our local businesses, community, and even takes care of all our insurance needs. That's home, life, and auto. Give him a call today at 662-893-5250 or visit him at his office at 6901 Cockrum Road, which is Highway 305. Guys and gals, I'm pretty excited today. I have an amazing teacher sitting in front of me right here on location at Lewisburg High School, Miss Lacey Fitz. Miss Lacey, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Thanks. I'm doing wonderful. This is our first teacher spotlight, and it is, I'm pretty excited. I mean, I'm trying to be mellow right now because I'm just kind of a little jittery. It's just not every day you get to meet somebody who is a part of something that is so special as this. I think me getting to tell people about it is a treat. kind of gives me a little bit of being a part of it, you know, if I can try to help it my own little way. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself before we talk about the project you're associated with? Okay. So this is my fifth year teaching at Lewisburg High School, and I teach chemistry, AP chemistry, dual credit. I also sponsor the Interact Club and co-sponsor this year with our art teacher, uh, Miss Kathleen Downing. I have three daughters that are at Lewisburg. Well, one graduated, and one's in the 11th grade, and one is in the middle school in 8th grade, married to a fantastic man who um, helps me raise these girls. That's awesome. That is awesome. Well, it sounds like you have a lovely family, and we appreciate what you're doing here at Lewisburg. So let's get right to it. The The whole story that I was given by several friends here, a former administrator, current administrator, and everything else, is this amazing project called the Empty Bowls Project. Is that correct? That's right, the Empty Bowls Project. This is the seventh year for the Empty Bowls Project here at the school. This is my fourth year to be a part of it. It is really a privilege for me to be a part of it and work with the students and help them 
get sponsorships and, and really just let the students take over. They make the bowls. They work on this all year um, with the goal of raising money for the local food pantries. That is fantastic. That is absolutely fantastic. Now, making these bowls is quite a procedure, is it not? As a former art major, I know the process. But tell, tell the listener what it takes to make a bowl. Well, and it's been extra complicated this year with um, social distancing guidelines and only having 12 kids in the ceramics room at a time. We it, it's, it's a multi-step process. So first thing that we do is the kids come in and we teach them how to make, if it's their first time, we teach them how to make a bowl. Start with a lump of clay. Um, we roll them into slabs. We shape the clay into um, a bowl shape on a mold. Um, the kids decorate them. They add designs. They do whatever they want to to the bowls, and there are all different all different designs um, that the kids have made. Some uh, much more interesting than others. <laughs> and um, so the clay dries, and then it gets fired the first time in the kiln. And if it survives the first firing, then then those bowls will go on to get glazed and get fired a second time in the kiln and if they survive again then they've made it into our into our pile of bowls for the empty bowls project that is awesome now i know for a fact that that kiln is so tricky sometimes because if that clay even has the smallest air bubble in it poof they break or shatter or and it can ruin ones next to it so i know it's quite an adventure i don't know it's very time consuming on average how many bowls do y'all make a year so usually we make a few hundred bowls a year Three to four hundred bowls. This year we've got about two hundred and fifty bowls at the students. Awesome. So okay. So the project. Can you give us a start to finish in the process? So on a typical year, um, we start making bowls with student volunteers after school in the fall, and the students will make one bowl um, a week if they stay after school on a usually on a Tuesday. Stage one is just start making the bowls in the fall, and then toward the end of the semester and the beginning of the spring semester we start meeting and talking about recruiting sponsors. And so our biggest source of money to support this project is from companies that sponsor the project. So um, when the companies decide to to be an Empty Bowls sponsor, we'll we'll feature their logo on the back of the shirt, and we sell Empty Bowls T-shirts every year. So we get sponsorships, we get T-shirt sales, and then we have our actual event, which is a soup dinner. And the soup dinners have been fantastic. We get so much great soup donated from our area restaurants. Juniors, ACs, Nukes, Chick-fil-A, Grisantes, um, so, so, so many. I hate to even mention them because I know I'll leave some out, but we have soup donated from all the rest, from big and small restaurants all over the community. And the students go out the day of or the day before and collect all of those things. And we put on just a huge event. We put on a community event where people come pick out the pottery bowl that they like and they fill it with the soup that they want to try. And usually it's unlimited soup. You can just stay and eat all <laughs> night if you want to. Socializing oh, wow. and you go home with your with your bowl that you that's made by a student and you know that the money that you spent goes to a good cause. And so usually we do that for a minimum $20 donation for the night of the event. This year, because we are not doing the soup dinner with the COVID restrictions and everything else, um, we are doing, we're calling it actually empty bowls this year. So the bowls, you get a bowl, nothing in it, but we do have a lot of gift cards donated from area businesses. So you may get a bowl and uh, with a gift card to McAllister's that's good for a free meal. So take your bowl at McAllister's and fill it with 
whatever you want to with your oh, kids. Oh, that's card. awesome. Or Bonchibo, awesome. or we've got we have several um, area gift cards that, that are going to go randomly when when people pick up their bowls. That's fantastic. That. Yeah. That's fantastic. So, what is the what is the financial goal every year? So, in the past, we've raised at least ten thousand dollars a year. That's impressive. I think our high was about thirteen thousand. Um, one year that we had some very good sponsorships come through. This year, our goal, we set a goal of $10,000, knowing that that might be hard to reach, just because we, we knew we weren't going to be able to make as many bowls, and we didn't know if the kids were going to be able to go out into the community like they have in the past and collect, um, you know, talk to the businesses. And so we did set a goal of $10,000. We are probably going to fall a little bit short of that, but we are still aiming for that at this point. Oh, no. Fall short. Well, that that just means that uh, we we're going to have a listener listening to this episode right here, and word of mouth is going to travel, and donations are going to roll in. I have confidence. Yeah, I think in people are going to want to write checks to <laughs> Lewisburg High School made out uh, in the memo line for empty bowls. I, I think it would be fantastic. I really do. So, um, I, I know you're kidding me, but it, what is the best way for someone to donate money to the project? What's the easiest way? Easiest way would would probably literally be to write a check to Lewisburg High School. And just specify that it's for empty bowls in the memo line. Just probably just drop it off at the front office. Front office and stuff. That'd be great. Well, we can always. You can also mail it as well. We'll get you the address of the school. We're over here on Craft Road, right by 69. And I do have student volunteers that would be happy to come pick it up from you. There you go. There you go. So in the show notes, we'll put down the address of Lewisburg High School as well as notations for how to get the money separated or onto a check or written for a check and who to send it to for a memo and the whole nine yards. And so if you need to check our show notes to reference that, please do so. But I do challenge our listeners. I challenge anyone who follows us on social media or podcast or anywhere else that if you find goodness in your heart and want to donate, it doesn't matter if it's a dollar, it doesn't matter if it's five dollars, it doesn't matter whatever you want to give. If it'll help these kids reach their goal, I think that'll be monumental because if you notice when Lacey was describing how everything goes, everything was kid infused. In today's world, kids giving up time, donating their time, donating service is a dying art. And for the school here at Lewisburg to facilitate such an amazing program, a project, to have these kids do that and have this many volunteers, it would be a far shame for them not to achieve a goal that has been consistent. And, and I just don't like the idea of somebody saying that, oh, COVID's a good excuse to get out of reaching a goal. No, we teach our kids here at DeSoto County, at Lewisburg, Center Hill, wherever, that you persevere, you adapt, you overcome. And any teacher will tell you that's what our motto has been in every classroom is to adapt, overcome, do what you have to do for the kids. And in this situation, we have people who are in need. COVID hit people differently. There are people out there who are starving, who need food, need assistance. And if the food pantry is a place that can help provide that substance they need, who might have kids at home that need it, this is an opportunity for you to do something here for the community. Um, you know, We always talk about things of donating money here, doing that, so on. But this is something you can truly affect. It's right here in your backyard. And you can be a part of it. And That's so don't don't miss this opportunity. And this is a project that has been very well supported by our administrative staff and by our teachers. Um, but it is the students that they, they're responsible for all of it. We have one student who designed this year's T-shirt. We have countless students who have gone in and given up time and actually made bowls. And we have students that have gone out into the community to collect sponsorships as well. And I know we've, um, in the past, we've been able to involve other schools. So like Hernando High School has helped us. Our kiln was down for a while, and Hernando High School actually fired batches of bowls for us 
in their kiln two years ago. Um, and Olive Branch High School has helped us in the past. This year, things are a little bit off, but next year we are really excited about Center Hill being a part of it and about bringing um, as many schools together and getting students from each one of those schools to, to do the same thing that we've, you know, just to continue it like we have been. It's just another example where it's not just one place. It's not one group of kids. It's an example of a community, a village, however you want to look at it, that we can continue to spread the message and work together when the opportunity is there and build from there. To me, the goal should always increase every year. It should never stay the same if we're able to have, like you said, partner schools, other parts of the community that can step up and have the capabilities to do so. And those kids learn the same value that kids are learning here. Um, so I think it's absolutely fantastic. Lacey, I can't thank you enough for spearheading it for the last four years. I know there's a lot of people involved with this. I'm sure you, you could spend 20 minutes talking about people who have volunteered their time and have been a part of it, making it a success that it has been. But I think this is the opportunity now for the community to give back to the program or to the project so that it can continue to meet its goals so the kids can still feel like they've accomplished completeness in this project and that we can continue to build for it every year. And thank you for um, amplifying our project with your with your podcast. Well, it's the least we can do. That's one thing we've always wanted to do with this podcast is to try to build the community in a positive way, and there's nothing better than seeing kids succeed in something that is losing its art and not as popular. It's not something that a lot of kids choose to do. It's really good to see kids step up to the plate for something that they do not get any intrinsic value out of or monetary value reimbursement for. It's truly donating time and service, and that is something we all can learn from. That's right. Again, Lacey, I can't thank you enough. This has been a fantastic interview. It is just another one of those situations that warms my heart to know there are good people like you and the people at this school and the kids doing such good things. Well, and it's really really just um, a privilege on my end to just be a part of it because this existed before I got here, and I hope it continues far into the future. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, until we talk again, Lacey, thank you again for all your time. You're welcome. Is planning your summer getaway becoming too much of a hassle? Then reach out to Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher of Magical Destinations. Whether it's a trip to Disney World, Universal Studios, or a tropical getaway, these ladies can help you plan the trip of your dreams. They work to get the best rates with headache-free planning. Magical Destination is locally owned in Hernando, so give them a call today. At 662-469-6304, or you can find them on Facebook or Instagram at Magical Destinations Unlimited. Breaking news, that deadly shooting that happened in South Haven at the Super Walmart there off Goodman Road in I-55. We know that two people have been confirmed dead from this shooting. Welcome to OB Podge True Crime. Today, the Walmart murders. On July 30th, two South Haven, Mississippi Walmart employees lost their lives in a store shooting that shook DeSoto County and the surrounding area. First of all, our our thoughts and prayers go out to the Walmart employees and their families of the two victims who were senselessly murdered this morning in our city. These people were doing the same thing that you and I do every day. Showing up for work in an attempt to provide for their families, and they became victims of a senseless violent acts. Anthony Clay Brown of Olive Branch was the manager of the South Haven store number 848. 
He was a member of the Salem Baptist Church, a father of two sons named Zach and Trent, and a husband for 17 years to his wife, Andrea Brown. Brandon Gales, otherwise known as BG to his friends that were close, was the zone manager supervisor at the grocery department in store 848. He was a father of three, one daughter named Anna Gales, and two sons, Dallas and Braden. On that early Tuesday morning, Martez Abram entered the Walmart of South Haven where he worked as a manager. However, he was not supposed to be on the grounds that day due to being suspended from work. According to sources, prior to that day, Abram wore a knife to work and brandished it to a co-worker. This caused this co-worker to be very uncomfortable and it led to a complaint at management. Management decided to suspend Abrams from work for an undisclosed amount of time when Abram entered the Walmart that day, pulled out a gun and started a shooting rampage. A customer in the store explained that she heard two shots ring out towards the baby section of the store. When she looked up, she saw a man holding his hands up, waving them away, and someone yelling, Code Brown. Another employee grabbed her, and they both ran for safety. The gunshots caused a large panic in the store, and multiple 911 calls were made as people fled and hid for their safety. The South Haven Police Department received numerous calls starting at 6.33 a.m. Officers responded quickly and arrived on the scene at 6.36 a.m. Abram was confronted by two officers in the west side parking lot of the store. Abram immediately shot one of the officers as he was confronted. Luckily, the officer's life was spared as his bulletproof vest took the round that could have been potentially fatal. The second officer responded with gunfire and hit Abram twice. Abram was apprehended and arrested and was sent to the Regional One Hospital in Memphis for medical care for his wounds, where he was later received surgery to save his life. Employees and customers that were in and around the store gathered in the parking lot following the shooting to console each other and talk to officers about the events that had just unfolded. The South Haven Fire Department and the DeSoto County Sheriff's Bomb Squad assisted in clearing the building as a fire was reported in the store as well as a suspicious package was left on the scene. As officers let everyone know it was all clear, people started to learn of the victims and how things unfolded inside. Families were contacted and loved ones were informed of this tragic news. The parking lot was flooded with agents, officers, and different departments trying to sort out the entire scene and help with all the people involved. This took a long period of time. But luckily, we have several amazing businesses nearby this Walmart that all contributed to helping the victims and the responders on the scene, especially one, Chick-fil-A of South Haven. Known to be one of the busiest locations in the South, much less the entire food chain, decided to walk over with extra food, water, and drinks for all that were involved and in the parking lot to try to help through this tough situation. Through weeks of delays and rescheduling court dates, Martez Abram is now heading back officially to South Haven, Mississippi, a month and a half after that crime, which drew national attention. Currently, Martez Abram is awaiting trial in Mississippi. I chose this story because it has a personal connection. I was in South Haven that day, and I saw blue lights at that Walmart. And I pulled in there, and I saw things that I'd never imagined I would ever see. 
Now, I didn't see violence or blood or anything of that nature, but I saw people crying. I saw people mourning. I saw officers everywhere addressing something that no one ever expected to happen that day or should have ever happened. Something so petty and something so small as a disagreement or a suspension, whatever the cause truly was that led to this, it was unnecessary. Brandon was a friend of mine. He graduated with me in the class of 1999 at Hernando High School. He was a good guy. He cared about his job. He was well-liked by everyone. And it's just painful to know that he's not on this earth anymore. And not greeting people, not being there for his kids, not being there for family dinners. It pains me horribly to know that someone so close to so many around us has lost his life for senseless violence. In tragedy, I try to find positives. I do want to say thank you to the local Chick-fil-A and the management that was there to try to bring some little bit of comfort in a tough situation. I want to say thank you to the officers and the community members and the workers at Walmart that persevered in this tough situation and helped each other get through it. I thank you to the community of South Haven, the South Haven Police Department, and all the law enforcement that was involved to help in this situation. The community came together and were there for each other in this tough time. Our thoughts and prayers to all those who were affected, especially the families of Anthony Brown and Brandon Gales. Are you tired of an unimpressive lawn or need some help from a local professional to get your yard the way you want it? Look no further than Master Lawn for your weed control and fertilizing needs. Master Lawn has been serving the Olive Branch community and surrounding areas for over 25 years and is ready to add you to their long list of satisfied customers. Contact them today for a free quote through their website, www.masterlawninc.com or call 901-250-0873. All right, guys, now it's time to talk about our movie reviews. And, well, at least one of us will be talking about a movie review. Hey, hey, hey. at least I've watched Invincible, okay? That was the more important thing. Whatever. We've been telling you for a few weeks we were going to talk about the Snyder Cut of Justice League and give you a little bit of a quick review. I'll be doing that because I follow through. But anyway, long story short. Let let me tell everybody, this review is so glowing, I have yet to watch it. So, (laughs) you know, let's go ahead, pump the brakes a little bit. Whatever. Anyway, just to give you a quick synopsis, guys, if you enjoyed the original Justice League, I think you'll actually enjoy this version immensely better. Uh, I think it has better special effects, better storyline, better character development. It does a better job of letting each character develop on an individual basis instead of not feeling rushed. I feel like the villains are better done, better dialogue, and the incorporation of different characters that was not in the original movie is an added bonus. So I definitely encourage anyone to devote four hours of their time to give this a shot. It is one of the best DC comic book movies they have on the list. So what you're telling me is they should have just given everybody the solo film like Marvel did the right way before they had a team up? This is correct. This oh, is great. okay. Yes, absolutely. So let's get to sports. And so, you know, this is right in the middle of district play for softball and baseball. And so we're going to go school by school and we're going to start off with Center Hill. Ooh, going to a little bit of the home team. I like it. We've got the softball team. They played on Tuesday and they beat Lafayette four to three. Unfortunately, those winning characteristics did not carry over to Thursday when they played Sotillo and lost four to six. Now, it's, I will tell you personally, Okay. The softball game on Saltilla was a heartbreaker. They were leading in the sixth. 
had a couple errors, gave the game away right at the end, and oh. it really hurt them for district play. So that that was a tough loss to watch. And there's nothing worse than an error. Like yeah. I mean, I feel so terrible for those girls. Well, this is Coach Ravino's first season there. Uh, you know, in, in anybody's first season, sometimes you have to work on building camaraderie, putting things together and stuff. And he says the team is gelling. We're getting there. And they're still in the hunt, last I heard. That is correct. If they if they do well versus the next time they played Lafayette and see how things shake out with South Carolina. And that was a time. win. And it was. Their district play is still open. There's a lot of opportunities there. Now, uh, over on the men's side, it's looking a little rougher. Well, we can go ahead and bypass. I'm just <laughs> Uh, Tuesday, they had a nice, close game against Sotillo. Unfortunately, they lost it 3-5. to five. And Thursday, I, I wasn't aware that this was something we were still doing in real life, but a run rule 0-10 loss to Sotillo. Yeah, so here's the deal. Sotillo, I'm not going to lie, is a pretty stout team for 5A. I, it pretty sounds like stout. they're a juggernaut. Yes, okay. Well, you don't have to lay it on thick, but... <laughs> I want to give the boys a lot of credit. Again, they have an interim coach, and that's Coach Cooley, and he's doing a fantastic job. The boys are might not be winning a lot of games, but they're winning as a team. They're playing together, doing better things than we've seen in the past, and so it's encouraging. I feel like that when they get to the finish of the district play, if they're able to make their way through the playoffs, you might see a resurgence. You might see something good out of this. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Next on the list is Olive Branch, baseball and softball. We couldn't find too much information, and for the baseball team, unfortunately, we found out why. They played Tupelo on Tuesday and lost 0-15. to Ouch. Yeah, and moving on to the women's, softball unfortunately lost to Tupelo as well, but it was 0-2, looked like a lot closer of a game. Yeah, I'll, uh, I might put a phone call into the principal over there and say, you know, we couldn't find hardly anything on Twitter and nobody's updating. <laughs> Good, bad, or ugly, we've got to get these kids out there. Anyway, uh, we wish Olive Branch luck on their next games. Hopefully there's a turnaround. But how's Lewisburg doing? The last thing we want to talk about in the area is Lewisburg Baseball, who is currently ranked number nine. They played the number three team, DeSoto Central. Go ahead, take a guess. Do they win or lose? In my mind, I'm always going to vote for our community. I bet you Lewisburg came away with a W. Absolutely. We're in the time of March Madness. They won Thursday on April Fool's Day, 9-7, to and it was no joke, even though DeSoto Central tried to have a seventh-inning rally. And on Friday, they continued their success with a 2-0 shutout against DeSoto Central. Now, don't, they play a third game tomorrow, correct? That is correct. Awesome. How's the softball team doing? They lost to DeSoto Central 0-5 to on Thursday. Tough loss, but hopefully they'll be able to recover from it. Continuing with sports, last week we let you know that K.J. Wright is hosting an elite 7-on-7 team. He is asking everyone in the Olive Branch community to come and try out. The first 100 participants will be getting a free K.J. Wright elite t-shirt. Now remember, this is for age groups 10 to 15. This will be held on April 10th from 1 to 4 p.m. over at Snowden Grove. Highly encourage y'all to do this. This is a great opportunity for your young man to learn from some of the best. I believe he's going to have college and NFL talent coaches out there, and they'll get to play against some of the best talent around to be able to showcase, and this could help lead to scholarships and other opportunities in football. And that's one of the best things. You're going to be learning from one of the best in the NFL, building the connections with all the coaches in the area, but also it's okay if you lose in an environment like this because you're actually going against elite talent. So you actually get to see where you are. Guys, that kind of wraps up the show today. But the one thing I want to tell you before we go is, is that if you have not checked out our brother podcast, which is Under the Water Tower podcast out of Hernando, they do a phenomenal job. They have been kicking butt and taking names down there. They have a wealth of knowledge. 
And it's a different perspective on some of the same information. They cover some of the Lewisburg area like we do. And they also cover more of a wide range of the county. So if you're looking for more generalized information, as well as state and local government, I highly encourage you to give them a shot. That is our brother podcast. That is Under the Water Tower podcast. As always, guys, anybody you heard that was an advertiser for the show is someone who is local, that is helping the community or provides a service for the community. Please make sure you listen and check them out. All their information will be listed in the show notes. Please make sure you can go there to reference it at any time. You can also check us out on social media, Facebook, OBPod, Twitter, OBPod as well. And then you can email us at any time at theobpodcast at gmail.com, which we know y'all already are. And we love getting all of those emails. Yes. The emails have been very nice. We appreciate all the communication and some of the heads up we've been getting on some of the stories we've been getting. That has been very, very helpful. We greatly appreciate it. As always, guys, if you enjoy what you're listening, make sure you're clicking subscribe on your podcast. In any post that we put on social media, we ask you strongly, please share it with your friends and give it a like some kind of interaction yes anything that you can do to help us is great because we want to help encourage more businesses and community for better building all more important to hit that subscribe button because next week we're going to have an alderman meeting update hopefully we'll be able to let you know something about the annexation and of course yes we'll finally have a movie review from the movie theater as we are going to go watch king kong my boy versus zach's godzilla hey 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 I told you I'm neutral here. I'm neutral. but There is no neutrality. <laughs> it is one or the other. Guys, as we wrap the show, we do want to say one special note. We want to wish everyone a happy Easter and a wonderful holiday weekend from OB Pod. This is Zach. And I'm Cash, wishing you a happy Easter.
Thank you.